Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Fun and Sobriety Movie Review Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan. The Fun and Sobriety Movie Review Podcast is uh, the only movie review podcast on the internet that features me, a person in recovery, sitting down with Kaz, someone not in recovery, and reviewing movies that uh, are based around recovery from drugs and alcohol addiction. Uh... You know, with an eye and focus on just how accurately and effectively these movies portray this, uh, these <clears throat> kinds of behaviors, um, you know, as seen through my eyes, someone in recovery and, uh, and what I consider almost more important, how, how it, they appear uh, through Kaz's eyes, um, being someone who's, you know, only reasonably his only experience with this these topics is through watching these movies you know because uh, a lot of people the only opportunity um or at least i, I don't know I, I in my head i think there's the only opportunity a lot of people have to uh quote unquote experience this is vicariously through movies like this so you know i wonder how well that works and i've chosen a handful of movies that come to my mind when i think about um sobriety movies and uh, we're watching with Kaz um, and attempting uh, not to spend too much time reviewing the movie itself, although it's impossible. We're both opinionated people, um, but more focused on how effectively the portrayal of, you know, falling apart with an addiction and then coming back together and then coming into recovery or, or, you know, in in a lot of these cases, the actual, um, rehabilitation process is, you know, a handful of movies centered around the rehab centers. Um, uh, and, you know, kind of review it based on that structure. Um, and today's movie is the, uh, shoot, I forgot what year it is. The 2012 Denzel Washington movie flight. Um, and I actually had already seen this movie a couple times because I was, I, I, well, it's Denzel, you know, I love Denzel. So what can you say? And I, I kind of like this movie. Um, and, uh, I, I was very excited to, to review it with Kaz. I think that comes across very clearly in my, uh, excitement <laughs> as we start talking about it. Um, and I, I, I really, even after we were done recording, I, I started texting Kaz a bunch of other things. So I was just like, oh, I, can't, I forgot to talk about this. forgot to talk about that. Like, there's there's some bananas musical choices. And, and I feel like you could do an entire podcast. You could do an entire podcast series on the musical choices done for this movie. Um, specifically, just the nonsense that... Uh, that is used to hit the tone of every scene right on the nose, you know? And, uh, I forgot to mention the, uh, help for my friends, use of the help for my friends as the music in the elevator as Denzel Washington is coming down to the final thing high out of his mind. It just, it's just perfect. (laughs) Perfect in like the most asinine, like, junior high school production method but um anyway i i just needed to get that comment in there even though so early into the podcast it's completely 
out of context, but man, if you haven't seen this movie, it, it, from a recovery aspect, I, I personally feel it's very uh, powerful. If if you set aside the the <coughs> Hollywood stuff and the, and the poor music selection, I, you just focus on Denzel's character because Denzel is remarkable in this role as Whip Whitman. Is that what his name is? Uh, Whip Whitaker. Uh, in the 2012 movie Flight. Okay, well, we're back at the Fun and Sobriety Movie Review Podcast. It's your host, Dylan, and my main man, Kaz Gable. Say hi, Kaz. Hello, everybody. I, I, I said hi, Skaz. Sorry, I'm a little hi, Skaz. Jesus, <laughs> jacked up I've on never, and stuff. That's an easy like slight you could do to my name, and I've never heard that before. Till today, S- Dylan. Thanks for getting in people's <laughs> minds. Skaz. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just a today we are we are reviewing <laughs> the oh shit what movie oh 2012 Denzel Washington movie Flight. You just yes, the, you you just finished this movie like two minutes ago, right? <laughs> I wa- I've been watching it over the week, and I uh, yes, I just finally finished it. I, those last few ten minutes, I was having trouble finally getting done. And I did it. Sure, it's like a it's like a an excellent novel where you can't quite get yourself to the end of it. You know, that's how I yeah, feel exactly. about this movie. <laughs> or you don't want to, so you're putting. Yeah, it on. well, that's what yeah. I mean. So yeah, you keep like <laughs> finding reasons to not quite finish it. To this this masterpiece flight. I I don't know why I keep being derogatory about this movie. I actually I really like this movie. I really like this movie. Uh, yes. Uh, let's let's start off like we always do, Kaz. Why don't you Why don't you give us a good little summary uh, of of what this movie's about, and then I'll interrupt you needlessly for the next twenty minutes. Um. Okay. Okay. Well, it's the true story of uh, what happened to Sully Sullenberger. No, and, no. Uh, what are you talking oh, about? Oh no, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, no, you it's scared uh, me. <laughs> you scared me for a second. I thought, oh shit, did he actually watch the right movie? <laughs> Tom Hanks is in it. He does a great job. Um, I don't get why we watch it for the series because there's no alcoholism in sight. But whatever, not it's even, still great. Not movie. even a little bit. If anything, <laughs> he displays extremely well controlled drinking. The only really straight laced. <laughs> I thought you were just throwing it in there to like mix it up and freshen the palate or something like that. Um, now yes. this is the uh, the dark underbelly of what could have been uh, with Sully Sullenberger, I guess. But yeah, so it's uh, uh the premise is Denzel Washington is a, a commercial pilot. Uh, he's been a pilot much of his life. He comes from a plane flying family. His dad is like a du- crop dusting crop duster. So anyway, flying probably his much of his life. Uh, but he's also a a functioning barely alcohol alcoholic and avid drug <laughs> barely, user barely alcohol he's a functioning barely alcohol <laughs> <laughs> a barely functioning alcoholic and drug user there we go i there got it go. yes, speaking of barely functioning <laughs> uh but he what keeps him going though is he is a damn good pilot and that right. has been able to hide his um his uh lack of being at 100% uh pretty much all the time actually Oh my gosh! Uh, so, yeah, jeez, he's he's bad. So uh, where we where we jump into the movie is he has been on a um, three day bender, 
with a uh, flight attendant uh, who's uh, some sort of their girl, his girlfriend, and they have a flight. They wake up for like an hour before the flight, I think. Um, yeah. Wake up, do some cocaine, smoke some pot, <laughs> and <laughs> off they go. Like you do to go pilot a, <laughs> uh, a commercial airliner with 105 souls on board. Yeah, uh, exactly. You know, like you do when they have <laughs> when you have lives in your hands. I I um, have to tell you, the 105. So they, they keep reiterating number of souls on board. It drives me crazy. But sorry, keep going. Why? 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 Because uh, I that, that and I hear that that's a that's you know like when you hear about plane crashes on the news or whatever, they always refer to souls on board. I, oh yeah. Because because I, I don't know because I a I don't I don't subscribe to the idea that there is a soul that animates our body so it feels it feels like one of those many things where well yeah but because it's part of a (laughs) like official you know it's like the way the 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 investigators refer to it as souls it's like a clear way that what i feel is a christian messaging is just so ingrained in our culture (laughs) that it's like part of the way the actuaries and the insurance companies and the agencies investigating refer to this rather than you know yeah. lives lost. They refer to souls lost, which hundred and five sacks of meat on board. <laughs> yeah, well, All I mean, uh, well, because the the implication yeah. being that if there was a pregnant woman on there, there would be one more soul. So that to me is like right. Uh, right. the whole point of that <laughs> argument is to try and boil down to the idea of uh, you know uh, t- t- uh, equivocating a. Uh, unborn child as a fully functioning a human. So I, I don't know. That's why that every time I hear them say that, that's where my brain immediately goes. So yeah, it is to, a weird, yeah. Not, I never noticed that before, but yeah, there, it is a weird way that people refer to uh, accidents and instead of lives. Yeah. I mean, they can't yeah, say lives. lives. Uh, refer to the number of religious. lives lost. Yeah. Yeah. That's Cause a, also, that, is a, that is odd. Good point. Good Cause point. Pres- Cause presumably if there was animals on there, they wouldn't refer to them as lives lost, but their lives are lost. They just, you know, Anyway, so yeah, so he, he gets on the plane, <laughs> fucking rocked to the gills, dude. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I would is, describe it. Oh God, yeah, he is. Uh, he is like really sh- tore up when we see him waking up in the morning, and then after his cocaine and marijuana, <laughs> he is like walking tall and strutting down the lobby. He looks tight. He's like looks. Uh, oh my his, God, uh, uniform looks good. So he like it, pr- it is, he struts it, all the way to the airport. A, he looks like a badass walking down that hallway. I oh, mean, you totally. got to give it to him. That's fucking Denzel, oh, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, Paul, his uniform looks perfect. You can tell, like, he's gotten used to pulling it together uh, yeah. many times in this scenario. Yeah. You, it's a very obvious that he is good because he looks perfectly put together, uh, even though he's been coming off a three-day bender. Um, <laughs> hey, oh, so anyway, God. He, he gets yeah, and by the way, this is my this movie like uh, just affirmed all my fears of what all pilots are actually like. <laughs> oh my god, exactly. Well, I mean, the fact that he's like a super egotistical, uh, uh, you know, uh, self centered, crazy. Well, not crazy, but just a you know, kind of a narcissist bad guy. That I feel yeah. like. He's like the he's like the stereotypical for... like alpha flyboy navy guy, right. you know, who uh, cat exactly. pilot. Exactly. You know. Exactly. Well, and the other thing that you're you, they they mention here, because this is I think this is the third time I've watched this movie. Honestly, uh, it's a quite good movie. I I yeah, remember liking it a lot, and I liked it again rewatching it. It's not just that he's up. You know, he's been partying for three days. That morning they wake up. They had just flown in the night before, right? Because the this, oh right, the two, yeah. 
the two uh, 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 flight attendants have that conversation before they take off. They're like, you know, what did you do last night? I just went home and went straight to bed. And like the girl had stayed up party. The other woman had stayed up party with Denzel all night. And then they're up early. Uh, you know, okay. So, so their, their electrolytes are very low. They're very fatigued and he takes a bunch of cocaine to get himself sharp. Uh, and so they get in the plane and then, uh, well they get in the plane and, uh, he's like, you know, he's all like, he's all in the routine smile, a little wink and a nod to the flight attendant he spent the night with as he walks by (laughs) and, uh, you know, right, right away. He's not, he's not, he's hiding the extent of how bad he is probably, but he right away yeah. asked one of the flight attendants to for a cup of black coffee and some aspirin. And his co-pilot is a new guy who's a little, who <laughs> raises an eyebrow at this. <laughs> well, he's of, new uh, to him. I, I don't think that the, the, the co-pilot is supposed to be inexperienced, but he is no, yeah, not yeah. experienced. New to, new to flying with him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we, uh, and he's he's we a real that Christian Denzel has guy. Been flying for a long time. Yeah, what's that? And the guy is a real kind of straight laced Christian guy, right? Like you kind of get yeah, that very out of the tightly. Gate. <laughs> yes, yeah, you get you get him like he's a rule checker and he's uh, he's good, seems good, competent, but uh, very down the line, straight straight down the line, straight and narrow. Uh, and uh, so Denzel kind of is kind of is just like. I don't, I don't know. He's not. He's not mean to him. He's just sort of like giving him. Uh, well, just yeah, like, he, I, man. We he got this. Relax. Well, and, and okay. So this is where I'm gonna break in. I can relate to this part of it where you, as a functioning, where this guy is a functioning drunk, as a yeah. functioning alcoholic and drug addict. You're right, but primarily just like drinking and drinking. And then yeah, you're, that's his you're, core there. Yeah. You're you're in a. a close quarters in co-working scenario with someone who is straight lace right because he takes a hit of oxygen like he puts the oxygen oh yeah i forgot about to, that. to, to <laughs> check that it works and he takes a couple of hits off of it and offers it to the straight lace co-pilot who's just kind of like reasonably confused and is like uh yeah no no thanks and you can yeah, see like, uh, this guy's really relaxed yeah he's like uh <laughs> check uh oxygen check and he just <laughs> takes this deep <laughs> deep breath out of the oxygen, the pure oxygen uh, for the pilot, his pilot, for his position. And then he's like, hey, man, you want one? He's like, oh, yeah. no, thank you, sir. No. And then he's like, no, okay. I'd, and then he takes another could, huge rip off of it. You could, and yeah, and you can see, see Denzel kind of side-eye him like that's where he registers, oh, this guy's not cool, right? Like he's like, yeah, yeah this guy's not cool. So, uh, and, and again, I, I feel like I can completely relate to that moment because you know as someone who's – sneaking around under the radar quote-unquote as a functioning drunk you're acutely aware of people who are going to like see right through it and aren't necessarily on board with the way you're behaving and that's what that that's the kind of the vibe he gets from that guy and also from the the more straight-laced flight attendant who like loves him and adores him but she's like you know that we got room for you at your at our church you know it's like they you can tell they have an ongoing repertoire repartee Yes, I think you got it right. Repertoire, whatever of her trying to, of her trying to get him to come be like quote unquote a good guy, good you know whatever, a good Christian. And again, yeah. so this is like he's he's got the world manipulated to to be around him as the the like to to enable him, right? So yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and but also they acknowledge him, but they give him the benefit of the doubt because he's good at what he does, and and you know it's it's <laughs> right. like, 
they're not pushing him too hard at this point. Like, he really hasn't... I mean, he's he's had some bottoms in his life. As we go farther in the movie, we realize he's estranged from his wife and his son, who's who's right. um, a teenager of some age. I can't exactly get... No, he's 15, I think he says. Yeah, I think he's um, in high school, yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, he's, he's definitely had some bottoms in his life or some low points, but it's not been enough, really, to... Well, some consequences. At least not permanently right? like shake him out of it, you know. Yeah, I mean he's he's functioning, but he's like he's clearly got consequences he's not dealing with. Right. Yeah, I think he's he's just able to really rationalize it away. And as we towards the end of the movie, he kind of you know a little yeah, more well, clarity, we'll, like he's just we'll get there. So so, but the whole himself, but the but, whole but, hmm? but the whole point of the movie is so he's he's all fucked up, yeah. and then he gets on this plane, and then and they have. I don't know why they go into the effort of showing like the turbulence at the beginning, right? Like, so when they're taking off, there's massive turbulence. And, and I guess it's just to show that he's, he's got good instincts because he like pushes it and shoots the plane like through the turbulence and up into the soft uh, or a uh, 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 calm air, you know, much yeah. to the chagrin of his co-pilot who, who kind of doesn't realize, you know, he's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're pushing this thing. And he's like, just relax. And I don't, I guess the point of that is to just show that he is, uh, you know, he knows what he's doing, even though he's like clearly fucked up in that moment. He knows what he's doing. And uh, yeah, yeah, it seems like it because I mean, his co he's terrifying the copilot for because he's being yeah. a little cavalier by like he's pushing his airspeed. I don't know nothing about flight, but that's what they were saying. No, it's like his airspeed is maxed out, and that's not what you do in that situation. So it's unorthodox, but he knows yeah. based on. But then he's like, yeah, well, hey, buddy, look at the radar. If we get through this cloud bank, suddenly it's clear skies. We just have to get to the right. Uh, elevation yeah, and, and area and so and i guess what's again, going I, on but it's terrifying yeah, and i guess i guess that's just to show that he's gonna do what he's gonna do and he's got control because yeah. then he levels it off goes out says like kind words to all the people and he's all charming and everything and he actually goes and stands out and talks to the people which is significant to the to the people in the plane which is significant because yes. at the same time he's pouring himself uh a major screwdriver, right? Like he's got a, a, a orange, a, 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 a glass, or, or I guess a jar of orange juice, and he is yeah. uh, just dumping three mini bottles of vodka into it. Like a yeah, he's ton. multitasking, like, talking to the passengers about how great the flight is. Like, hey, wasn't that crazy? And now we're all good, so don't worry about it. <laughs> and also, the whole time he's like unscrewing one-handedly neck behind around the corner and pouring these vodka bottles into this oj bottle it's it's a very strong uh screwdriver and then the next thing they show he's like kind of passed out at the wheel like literally passed out at the wheel while the autopilot's going i don't know why i'm laughing because this is terrifying no 45 minutes no no no, yeah the whole flight's only like an hour yeah he's been asleep for like a half hour or something but then okay so the whole point of the movie he 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 no, he doesn't come awake. The The co-pilot goes to kick it in. You know, he's going to have to wake him up in a minute. And I think he goes to kick it out of autopilot or kick it into whatever the descent mode or, or I don't. Yeah, obviously, I don't know fuck about flying either. But <laughs> whatever he does to kick the automated controls from, you know, control A to control B, it just like makes some weird clunk noise and then the controllers all fall forward and then it's all fucked up. Right. And they started going into like basically into a nosedive. Uh, yeah. Sorry, and I'm, yeah, I actually have it. Something breaks, right now. And, and 
Yeah, you know, something breaks, and it's obvious that there's a there's a problem and a big problem. I mean, they're losing control. They're like it's, uh, the plane. They're losing control, and they're starting to dive. And they're nosedive. Um, like there, there's one shot where the the plane appears to go almost to what appears to be like a ninety degree direct straight down to the ground. Which yeah, yeah, it just be, yeah, it goes straight towards <laughs> nose goes straight down true. to the ground or towards the ground. Um, um, but he wakes up to this and is immediately like calm and in control so it's it's yeah. just another and he you can tell he's very much in his element in his comfort zone despite the insanity of this uh yeah. the co-pilot's kind of oh, freak freaking the hell out and uh everyone everyone's that, sort of freak out except except for him he's the sequence, only one who's sort of like maintaining this whole sequence is amazing right because I, I register yeah. that it's probably not accurate that you know there's plenty of things going on in here that are for the movie but good lord sure. even i'm watching it with the sound off as we're talking and it's still making my blood yeah, pressure rise like it's very I know, very I know. intense i know but, it's, okay, it's so very it's very thrilling and terrifying because it's like uh especially it's actually pretty apt because of all those uh crashes with the 747 or 737s and oh, they were like recently, this exact yeah, scenario yeah. where they start diving and they can't figure out why they're diving and how to break the dive uh, and it was just like, oh, you just do this easy thing and boom, but no one told them what to do. So right. Well, and that's not, that, that's not quite what's going on here because he just comes up with no, some no. fucked up. He does a fucked up move, which I'm sure is that's not. That's insane. Yeah, what happens is, is insane. <laughs> um, and I can't imagine the physics would allow it to happen in a plane this size. <laughs> but yeah, yeah he basically. Uh, there's any number of reasons why this probably would not. I mean, I guess I can see how it's theoretically the thing to do, but so he, because it's falling in a free for all nosedive, basically at like 45 degrees, he, I, I'm not sure exactly. He does a bunch of stuff where he's like having her fire the engines and, and twist the, <laughs> twist the throttle. I don't know. All sorts of pilots talk and gets the plane <laughs> upside down. So it'll level itself off and quit being into a nosedive or effectively so that the nosedive is gearing it up so then it levels off right i mean that's kind of what i i feel like that's the explanation right so that yeah flying they're flying, I, I flying so. upside down for a while right yeah is, he flips he inverts the plane uh yeah for whatever i'm assuming it's the aerodynamic reason that that he like yeah i think it's exactly what you said in the movie but but it's just kind of insane <laughs> it's awesome it's very it's so awesome it's very amazing I, yeah I want to believe that it could actually happen just because this is so cool. But so he does that. <laughs> then he, 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 he blasts all the, all the fuel out, blows out the engines, and then flips it back over. And then they glide into, uh, you know, because at the same time, they're still descending very fast. So then he flips it back over within like a couple hundred feet. And they, they are able to, to crash land, but in a way that's far more controlled and slower and at a, at a less sharp angle so that they don't wind up killing everybody. Right. So right. he's basically saved the entire flight, except for a handful of people wind up dying. Handful of souls are lost. <laughs> Jesus. Right. Yes. The souls. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, he basically what happens is they clip the steeple of a church, which knocks right. off a wing oh, or something, a and fuselage it, maybe. And that hits well, and the I, back of the plane. So if I, it didn't hit that, more people would have survived. Um, oh, is that, later is, moving. is that yeah. is that true? Okay, I, di I didn't catch that part too. Okay, and I I'm trying so hard not to read into to like any kind of intentional uh, messaging with the the hitting of the church and then having all the church people come. I mean, I feel like there is a very I don't even want to say subtle. It's less than subtle attempt to try and like infuse 
uh, a God messaging into the action of this movie, even though it doesn't really support it. You know what I mean? Or it's the, the movie itself. How do I want to say this? It's not, it's not filmed and presented in a way that is consistent with that kind of a movie. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, no, I get all, what you're saying. They mentioned, there is something, I don't get the, what they're trying to get at, but yeah, he, there's a lot of mentions of act of God. Uh, there's many people who are deeply, re- or have religious beliefs in the film and they talk about well, this as an act of God and God's plan. And that's more of my confusing point. What, that, the, what they're trying to get at though. Well, I, I do get what they're trying to get at. And that's part of what makes it like a, 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 a let's say pure recovery story or like a, a subtly subtle recovery story is that all that stuff, but the way it's presented is not straightforward. It's a Robert Zemeckis film, right? And yeah, he is, he is so good at a certain kind of film. I feel like this movie would have been better in the hands of someone more artistic and less big budget and, and Hollywood. Uh, I, I, and, and part of it is the way that this act of God stuff is presented, right? Because it, it, it wants to lean. Okay. My problem with it, the way it's presented is it, it leans into it from an exclusively religious aspect. It, it feels like, and mm-hmm. the message they're trying to get across is more of the higher power. There's no mistakes in God's world or God's universe aspect of like, it doesn't matter if you believe or not, it's just what's kind of happening. So I don't, I don't know if that's presented this way because fundamentally the producers know that religion is more prevalent than 12 step stuff. I mean, cause that's, that's a key or central message in a lot of 12 step uh, recovery is the, yeah. You know, the, the the it's not fatalistic, but it is like there's no mistake in God's world, and 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 coincidences are just God talking to you, or that's where God exists, or or any number of things like that. Right, so then, right. kind of being heavy-handed about it with it, like running into a church, and then the members of the congregation coming and actually literally pulling people out of the the flight and the or out of the the burning uh, 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 fuselage, and then. Like later they show like all those people are back there praying all the time and, and it's become their place of worship. It's all yeah. Kinda, it's it's like ham fisted. It's heavy handed, and that I think is like Robert Zemeckis being like, no, this is gonna be great, you know, like because <laughs> because also the music selection, right? Like he keeps choosing these very, uh, like commercial and cheesy songs to accompany the actions that are happening, right? That's where I wish this was like yeah. a more independent, low-budge approach, right? Like when the woman, the woman character, okay, so they crash land, and and he, like I, like we said, he, he saves, you know, his his weird, unlikely-to-work to maneuver saves all but six people, and he winds up in the hospital, but he's he's you know he's just got a few bumps and bruises. He's okay. He's got a concussion, and he's more or less going to be okay. And at the yeah. same time, there is the side story of the heroin addict, right? Like, I almost right. feel like the entire sub story or side story involving her is entirely there. 
Well, I was going to say it, it doesn't need to be there, but it, it really does tie him or give him some kind of connection to recovery, right? Because she's coincidentally ODs just as the plane is going down. And so, like, there's a shot where their paramedics are pulling her out of her apartment just as the the plane goes flying over her apartment building upside down, right? So it's all happening at the right. same time. Which, again, is is another nod at, like, all of these coincidental things are happening to bring these two characters together in the most unexpected or, or uh, um, you know, uh, unpredictable way. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, but and then they need in the hospital a, and a serendipitous... But it, right. It, well, and I want to get to that part where they actually meet, but, but back to Robert Zemeckis, he puts the... Uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers Under the Bridge song starts playing when she sees the needle. You know, when, yeah, when the guy... The movie kicked, or the, <laughs> the music choices of this film are so on the nose, it's a little kind of painful it at is, some point. It's, like there's it's three like a, Rolling Stone songs in this. <laughs> it's just like, come on, yes. man. Oh my God. And th- exactly, that's what I mean. Like, he's like this old guy, like, yeah, no, this is, this is like the kind of stuff you do when you're like 12 and you're like, yeah, this is pop music or yeah, this is drug music. Because, <laughs> yeah, oh my God, you're right. They do the um, the Rolling Stones music for like two songs in a row for him. And then for her, it's the Red Hot Chili Peppers and the Cowboy Junkies. Yeah, it's, it's like just they're like, trying to demonstrate wow, the, man. the generational differences. <laughs> that is way on the nose. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, oh, it's, just, it's too much. So that, well, that there are some weird, <laughs> there are so many weird, like just uh, almost amusingly so th- things like that in the movie. Like just the fact that John Goodman's in this at all, doing oh! the character is just like he's what so the bad. hell is this? <laughs> he is so bad. It doesn't make any sense. It's almost like the. They went out of their way to find actors who have no personal experience with any of this shit. Like, I'm going to guess Denzel's never actually spent any time using cocaine to the extent where he's going to be a fucking uh, uh, heavy, heavy cokehead, right? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Denzel's never used any drug, to be frank. Like, I, I <laughs> know I Denzel... I also wouldn't be surprised if he had a long storied history with cocaine and just was like, I'm done with it. <laughs> I The only <laughs> reason I'm way. fairly confident about my what I'm saying about Denzel is I I'm a I, I am or at least I was when it was active a a big fan of the Denzel Washington is the greatest actor yeah. of all time period podcast and uh, <laughs> no, I, they I they go into some pretty deep dives about about Denzel and his his life and he is a devout Christian man a family man like my guess is this is all just Denzel acting and he's fucking spot on. That's that's why yeah. I'm like even more impressed by his performance here because I don't I'm gonna guess he's got no deep connection to this behavior at all. I don't know. I maybe I'm wrong. Maybe when he was a kid or something. But I know as long as you or I or anybody generally has been aware of that guy, he's like just a fucking. If anything, he's probably yeah. like super conservative. The kind of guy you'd be like, "Ooh, geez, relax, bro." <laughs> Denzel, you're bringing this party down, man. Yeah, stop, <laughs> stop giving everyone the stink eye here, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so they do that whole opening thing, and it's a lot of like action and kind of convoluted stuff, and 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 um, I don't know, improbable is probably the most likely way to, to accurate way to describe it. But I feel yeah, like yeah, I mean scene, it's, it's this... satisfying though. Like the flip over the plane, like you, Denzel oh, gosh, really yes. 
carries the his he's such a good actor yeah. that he really carries the feel of all of this and makes it ground it does feel grounded even though it's a little it's a larger than life <laughs> happening but, oh i I, but I would i would say that this entire movie only works because of denzel's uh performance right like he yeah. makes every scene he's in or I guess he's in every scene, but he makes every actor with him, not in every scene, but every actor, every scene he's in and every actor he's with, I, he elevates every, every performance. And he, like you just said, like that stuff that's going on in that plane, that doesn't make any sense. It's improbable, but he sells it. So you're willing to set aside your disbelief. And you kind I kind of do that through the whole movie. Cause he's so fucking good. And, and, and I yeah. feel like the, the real purpose of all of that shit is to get him in the hospital uh, uh, stairwell, going to steal a smoke in the stairwell in the middle of the night at the same time as the heroin addict. What What is her name in the movie? I forgot her name. Oh, shoot. Yeah, I forgot her name. Um, I, I Her name is Kelly something in real life. I, 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 yeah. So I can't get Kelly out of my brain. So uh, let's just call her Kelly. And then randomly some... A uh, guy who's on chemotherapy, like who's clearly at the end. Nicole, of his Nicole's chemo. her name. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Nicole's they, her name. Yeah. They're so both they smokers. Get... That's the other common thing, which uh, which is kind of another funny uh, connect. Now that we've been watching all these movies, I'm uh, smoking. Also, seems to be a huge AA thing as well. Oh yes. <laughs> oh yes. Peripherally aware of, it, and I'm, so that's kind of a reference there as well because they're both smokers. It's, she goes to it's the a big stereotype to smoke. for sure. And he's he goes the stairway to smoke because John Goodman. That's the other weird thing about John Goodman's character. He is such like a throwback character from a, an older movie in the eighties. Like your yeah. drug dealer in the eighties would be a hippie guy who's like an old hippie guy, and that's what John Goodman is. But it's like it's the two thousand. It's just kind of disconnected. But anyway, yeah, it, he gets a bunch of smokes and he sneaks out silly. to go smoke and he runs into her. He runs into her, and then the the. the the guy on on chemo, the guy at the end of his life on on chemo and has some kind of cancer, he comes up to be this like, oh, I, okay. See, so here's here's my take on that whole scene, dude. So it's a way to put them in a scenario that actually fits a recovery center, right? Like that scene yeah. should have been or plausibly was written for interactions at a rehab center for all three of them. And the one guy's just a weird tweaker and she's, you know, a heroin addict and he's an, a drug addict or a drug and alcohol addict. And they have the conversation because the conversation they have and the, the stuff that the guy, the chemotherapy guy says is so like, um, stereotypical, AA slash recovery, uh, just baseline stuff, right? Like he's he's basically saying, yeah, all of the stuff. He basically, excuse me, presents the idea that there is no mistake, there's no coincidences, and whatever s- significant. I think they even say acts of God in the in the scene, right? Brought yeah, the yep. two of them improbably together in the hallway. There's no mistake. Right, like that's the whole point yeah. is for those two characters to register. Oh, it's not a mistake that you crashed a plane flying upside down at precisely the same time that I OD'd on heroin that my porn producing ex boyfriend <laughs> provided me. Like that that whole subplot, I didn't even quite follow because why would she care if she was a p- 
porn star, right? Like she seemed to be pretty, her morals had been degraded pretty well. And then she acts all put out that the guy wants to have her have sex on camera. I didn't understand that uh, at all. I was like, I, yeah, I mean, other than the fact that it's really gross. Uh, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. They wanted her they... boyfriend had a uh, uh, Jesus's prayer hands tattoo on his chest. I did. That's what I mean. There's Speaking all of, of these like more references on. Yeah, they're just putting all of this religious sh- shit in your face, right? Like, I I really do feel like that's Zemeckis's. Well, okay, wait a minute. I want to blame all of this on Zemeckis. <laughs> But I actually think there's a large part of this is driven by Denzel himself because he is a very devout Christian man. Like, I think he may even be like de- de- like Baptist. I mean, he is like no shit. So I, I, my, if you look at his career, he always portrays people who are either good or if they're bad, they get their comeuppance, right? Like the the guy in in Training Day, he is yeah. rotten to the core, and he gets his comeuppance. And so yeah. I feel like part of like his reading of this, I, I'm guessing there's a version of this script that wasn't so churchy heavy, wasn't so religion heavy, but was just referencing higher power, do, treating it as a more uh, 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 what's the word. Um, when you don't, you, no religious affiliation. Uh, uh, secular? Secular, thank you. A more secular approach to a higher power. And Denzel is like, no, there's no point in that. Just just put, just reference Jesus. Just just reference God. Just refer- like, I wonder so, if you're right, because the references, are, there's so many that it almost yeah. get it gets into parody of itself. It, it's like, it, it like there's absolutely these, does. the moments that, we, like we were just talking about in the stairwell that should be heavier moments, but then you keep seeing these weird things where it's like, like the, prayer hands and the the guy who's doing lines of meth and 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 the about to yeah. film this massive porn scene and it's just like what, what i don't get where we're supposed to feel about all this like religious Ooh. iconography for no reason yeah well and i just read i just i mean the the storm clouds are constantly uh, looming in this movie too like they're they're clearly oh, yeah, yeah. used to 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 uh, uh as a device and i just like i like i said i've got this running in the background and they're almost to that scene where that stairwell meeting and i just realized like he falls asleep and then what happens is there's a crash there's a, a thunderclap and a lightning bolt at the same time and it wakes him up and he's all startled and then he walks out <sighs> into the hallway so it's like an act of god yeah. woke him up to take him to the stairwell right at that moment and so i mean it it doesn't have it's, to be that yeah. heavy hand. like that's enough they don't have to throw in uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm leaning too far into the film criticism of this, but it it, it does de- <laughs> it, it detracts from the messaging of the film, right? Because, like you said, it starts well, to become a parody, yeah. a parody of itself. Because it, it does, and it, but it, it's interesting because it weakens the thing. Like I, I agree with what you said. That scene in the stairwell felt, based on the movies we've watched so far, that felt very much like a AA meeting messaging yes the messaging. exactly it felt yeah, like a, it a man who was who has seen it he is on the verge of dying he's probably looks like he's terminal uh he is terminal because he mentions like his family's coming in to visit him he's like oh it's not a good sign when they yeah. call the family in. like he's very cavalier but but it's also like you know i i gotta just you know accept uh, and live the rest of my life and accept uh, let go and let god kind of but also you know right. uh, enjoy yeah. things and be there and and but they yeah it's just too much it's just oddly things that detract from that message specifically 
And yes. but through his weird interaction with them with that message, Denzel does say reach out to her and just says, "Oh, he he kind of asks her where she lives." Um yeah. and then he later he he finds her, but yeah, yeah I agree. And, it's it's and a little That's what I that's what I mean is I feel like it does the character Whip Denzel Washington's character is called Whip. It does sink into him enough that he registers, yeah, maybe this guy's not so far off base, right? Cuz cuz you do learn yeah. later that he was raised as a, you know, as a as a, a holy person, as someone with, you know, with with the spirit of religion in his life and and my guess is he views this character as, you know, his his He's kind of like the uh, uh, prodigal son idea, right? Like he's been gone from the faith through the entire actions of the movie until basically the very end when he finally re- re- rediscovers his, his faith, which in the context of the movie is, is a recovery thing. Um, and, and okay, and I don't want to jump too far ahead into that because then the next, like, I, I forgot how long this movie is, right? It's like two hours. It takes about it's right around 45, two hours, yeah. It takes about forty minutes or so until they get to that scene in the in the in the stairwell, and then basically the next hour is just Denzel fighting, right? Like he fights everybody trying to help him because he doesn't yeah. want to deal with the fact that he is a fucking drug addict and an alcoholic. No, 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 no. It's not even that. He he wants to ignore the consequences that are clearly starting to just come crashing in and they're becoming unavoidable, right? That's the whole point of this movie is even though he was functional, even though he was a fucking hero and he was the only person who could have done what he did, right? They, they established that yes. at some other point saying like a, 10 other pilots tried to simulate what he did and not one of them could, could successfully land the flight, right? Like he is mm-hmm. bona fide, absolutely spot on, okay and correct for what he did but he was out of his fucking mind on drugs and alcohol i mean he was he drank three mini bottles of fucking vodka and you know and then took a nap for 20 minutes dude you'd still be fucking (laughs) hammered dude especially if you'd been drinking all night before you would just be i mean i i get that he's the kind of alcoholic that he's actually just regular and that's probably Arguably why he's able to do all that is because he's got that much alcohol in his system at that point, because he's more functional that way, right? That's how a functional alcoholic yeah. actually is. But he's fighting the acknowledgement that that's not okay, that fundamentally he should not have been in that state in the first place, right? Like whether or not his right. him being there saved everyone... Yeah, I mean, because who knows? Maybe he, <laughs> a not fucked up person would have been like, "Yeah, there's too much weather. You guys, we're not going to f- take off," and then they wouldn't, you know. Well, see, that's what's so interesting too. I was thinking about it earlier, and and because it's definitely not his fault that the plane had a failure, but he was cavalier and he pushed that engine and plane really hard to get through that. He did an unorthodox, uh, de- risky maneuver. So he yeah. is risky with that. Well, plane. yeah, and it's like a matter is, of time before it was something that could have been his fault potentially. I, I don't know if that's the there you go. Send, but no, no, that is that is a hundred percent the recovery message in there. Is that yeah? It's it's not the specifics of this event. It's right the details of your life that put you in these situations, right? Like, and yes, and again, it it, it is interesting that it, it presents it in this exact form be, format because. It is inarguable. It is inarguable that he is correct, right? Like what he did was spot on. The only way to save everybody, 
And it wouldn't have mattered if he had pushed that flight or not. That they describe it in the last sequence there when they're they're having the little uh, uh, I don't want to call it a trial, but whatever the hearing. The woman explains the part that they identified as being at fault here, and it, it had nothing right. to do with him. There's nothing that could have happened, and it had nothing to do with him. You know the way he treated the earlier part of the flight, like it was just a basic operation that went sideways. So presenting right. it that way really puts you puts the uh, addict. Okay, so it, this is I remember feeling this way the first time I watched it, and then the other day when I finished this the other day. Like it really puts you in this spot where you're like, you have to absorb only your side of this, right? Because he can spend mm-hmm. the rest of his life and he wants to spend the rest of his life just adamant that he is okay and that he's, you know, he's he's right. And and the the evidence there is completely solid. Like he did nothing wrong. There was nothing that could have happened that he could have changed that would have undone this. So he has to he has to grapple with the fact that. All of that shit is true, and at the same time, he's a fucking drunk, and it's not okay. Right, right. Like it would right. Be, it'd be easy if like he caused the accident for him to come to that conclusion. I guess is a much yeah. simpler way of saying what I I just got you know all the way around to, <laughs> to saying. But <laughs> yeah, well, it's an interesting dilemma too because the, there's the back and forth. It's like he clearly is got he's he definitely spiraling and getting worse, especially under pressure. But yeah, you're right. He he was stable for him, which means really drunk, <laughs> and yeah. uh, was able to maintain a calm and save the lives of a hundred plus people. But no one and no one else could have could have done that. But exactly. But yeah. But it's a matter of time potentially that it would have been him being the cause. And and I don't know. Just the way he's living his life is getting more and more destructive. Yeah. To those around him uh, as well, because we late we also learned later on uh, towards the end of the movie that his girlfriend or the uh, the flight attendant that they were who were partying with for the last three nights um was in the program and she had been sober and for yeah. whatever reason she well he, she'd been she, she'd gone to she'd gone to treatment right like that well, was that's the true. point she'd gone to treatment like, she'd gone to treatment which is a common thing i mean people go to treatment and then they don't get clean yeah. all the time i mean that's part of the problem is there's not just a little switch you can flip uh you know uh, yeah, yeah, but you get the idea. But he wasn't aware of that, and you, you, um, yeah. yeah. I well, mean, it's and not I don't like want... he was like goading her out to go out, but definitely he was. He was an ena- her enabler for that period, at least. And, uh, and so, you well, know, it's like, well, I, I, and I, I want to, I want to, I want to walk towards that, right? Because, because they do. I, I feel like they do a really good job of showing just how fucking hard headed he is, and how he is just not gonna deal. Right, like, cause he at yeah. some point the 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 let's call him shysty or you know uh, 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 shady rather shady law- lawyer they hire um, uh, Don Cheadle, who's going to come and like defend him in the civil action and and do things kind of nefarious things on his behalf to help keep him out of prison and keep the airline from being at fault. I, <clears throat> He kind of enables him, and Denzel still fights the guy because he doesn't want to deal with anything, right? Like, yeah, he he he, he looks at him antagonistically, and he, you know, for a brief period when he first gets home from the hospital, he throws away all the alcohol and drugs in his in his surroundings, and you know he's nominally going to clean up because he he senses that his behavior is not okay, right? Like he feels guilty right. on his own, and then when he meets with the lawyer, who says, you know, hey we got your toxicology report back and, and 
the um, investigators know that you were fucking drunk, right? They know you are, had cocaine and alcohol in your system, and he immediately starts drinking again, right? Like that, like yeah, you're right. The second any pressure starts getting applied, he just returns to his standby and just starts drinking, and then. For the rest of the movie, he refuses to stop drinking. And, and, and again, he does some fucking spot-on, like, hard-headed bullshit. Because he hooks up with Nicole and, like, gives her a place to stay, to stay with him. And they start sleeping together. I mean, that's the other thing that I've learned from that Denzel Washington is the greatest actor of all time period podcast is uh, across the board, Denzel re- avoids uh, sex and sexy time with white women in his movies. If, if, and that's apparently, Oh really? That's as, interesting. as far as I could tell, I think this is the only movie where he actually has on screen kissing with a, 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 a non woman of color. Um, and I'm guessing huh. that's part of, I, I'm guessing that's part of why he's Denzel. Well, okay. Assuming Denzel is the reason for the heavy, religious stuff in here i'm guessing that's part of why he felt comfortable doing that because you know he wants to play someone who's really falling apart and for him i would say that's that's him (laughs) like hooking up with white women (laughs) well i i no, i i feel like it's not even that it's more of like the messaging like i think denzel's aware of who he is as a black actor and and somewhat of prominence yeah so I think he wants to portray a positive uh, black role model in everything he does to the best that he can, even if he's doing the anti, right? He wants to portray, yeah, okay, but I'm going to leave heavy, lean heavy into the anti thing here. And I, th- yeah. I would say that Whit Whitaker falls into the anti character throughout 95% of this movie until the very last sequence, right? And that's, you know, so he mm-hmm. winds up hooking up with the white woman, uh, with the white, sorry, he starts hooking up with Nicole, has her come, and you know, she gets him to come to a couple of AA meetings because she, on the other hand, has realized that, you know, that last OD was probably a wake up call and she needs to get clean. And so she yes, cares yeah. for him because he's fucking Denzel, duh. And so she gets <laughs> the opportunity to like kind of hook up with him a little bit. And it, I don't know, it, it was kind of gross when they hook up because it's clear that like he's kind of taken advantage, right? Like they've right. already established, they already established, like you just said with the, with the flight attendant, he's kind of taken advantage of women who are uh, not at their peak s- right. uh, uh, spiritually and emotionally. Right. So this Nicole kind of falls into that same line. And, uh, but even she doesn't, she doesn't start drinking with him and she tries to get him to come to some meetings and he kind of, he does that poo poo thing and he gets kind of bitchy with her and, 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 or pissy with her and gets all drunk up and, and, uh, yeah, just remains hard headed. Right. <clears throat> and they just keep yeah, showing that they just keep showing that he's just hard headed. He refuses to do the right thing ever. He just keeps getting drunk. He just keeps pushing the envelope They're They're like, Tell him, don't get drunk in public. Don't be seen anywhere. You know, that you're under the fucking eye and, and he still just keeps going and doing these well, things. Well, the first thing he does is go get go to the bar in the hotel lobby right. where they That's met right. for a breakfast to talk about stuff and gets a, uh, a double whiskey neat. And then he goes right after that to the liquor store and gets a gallon yeah. of vodka, which he drinks in the parking lot or starts drinking in the yeah. parking lot. Yeah, and, and, and dude... I, I, this is part of why I wanted to do this movie because when I watched this movie in 2012, I was a couple years sober, I guess three years. I 
fucking like the way he drinks that I used to yeah. drink exactly like that. I kept I didn't keep the gallon in the front. I kept the gallon in the <laughs> trunk, but I would pour the vodka into a water bottle the same way he does. And he's just driving around drinking out of a water bottle. That's what I would do. Yeah. So that's the part where I was like, Jesus Christ, he's got this thing nailed. And like, he does that that scene where he squirts a bunch of liquor into his mouth, and then he goes to like visit his ex wife and his kid. That yeah. is such a rough scene because you can see immediately I, I, the way that he portrays uh, uh, the alcoholic behavior there is just so. It's really good. Yeah. It's painful, right? Because he's, he's going there to be like, because he misses them and he feels, you know, grief and he wants to connect with the people who, you know, he, he you know, it's his ex wife and his kid. Like, he loves them, but he's clearly fucked everything up. And within 30 seconds, he just goes into antagonistic mode and he's just drunk and defensive. And it just, oh God, it's just. Yeah. It's so familiar. It's so familiar that just like inability to connect and then just leaning into being prideful and angry about it rather than like ashamed, right? Like he is so... Yeah, or just like annoyed that they're not cool. It's like, why? It's not such a big deal. Yeah, I'm a little buzzed, but come on. I'm in a great mood. Let's not be jerks about this. You know, it's just annoyed that they're annoyed. Yeah. It's so, so, it's so accurate, right? And so, I mean, they, they... I. I could see an argument for saying that it was beating it over the head. I, I don't personally feel like they be, beat it over the head. I feel like they were just demonstrating over and over just how hard-headed Whip is. And, like, he is just not going to get it. He's not going to get it. And, like, even after, I think even after that scene, then he walks out and there's, like, the whole uh, press corps is there. They finally tracked him down and, like, they, they track him down to his place because he's been hiding out at his dad's uh, ranch or whatever, and then he finally like finds his way back to the union reps guy who you know doesn't want to see him, but he's the only place he can go. And the guy gets him to stay clean, right? Gets him yeah. to stay clean because they're because the, the whole time in the movie they they keep showing that the uh, F FC what is it, the, the whatever the the or the, the government body. There we go. Uh, the 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 hearing, you know, the, it's pending, and they keep that. That's the the tension that they keep getting back to him is like, hey, there's this. You know, everyone's gonna. Um, it, basically, he doesn't want to get caught, right? He doesn't want to get found out for being drunk off his ass as a pilot because he's going to go to prison for the rest of his life. Right. So the the stakes are super fucking high for him. Or at least that's the, the, the possibility, right? If he's found guilty of manslaughter of six people, he's going to go to prison for the rest of his life. And if he's yeah. been drunk on the job and there was a massive flight or, or crash, that's possibly it. Or what's going to happen. Yeah. They so can, I, they can, cause that, cause the whole premise is that they talk about is when things like this happen, everyone involved tries to assign blame. So the, the, uh, the manufacturer right, tries go. to say, no, it was the pilot that did it. And the, the pilot's union's yeah. like, no, there was a manufacturing issue. And, yeah, and, the, and um, the airline wants it to be a manufacturing. Yeah. All of it is, you know, the, the legalese stuff that's going on on the side. I, I, I kind of thought that was, uh, it seemed very realistic the way they were portraying that, the way that yeah. would be handled in, in the real world. 
all of it seemed like it. Once, once the plane was no longer flying upside down and crashing, the rest of the movie seems to roll out in a very, very realistic manner, at least especially mm-hmm. in comparison to that. Um, and the point is, like, so he's just leaning into it and he just cannot, he can't fucking deal. He can't fucking deal. He goes and he gets dry for nine days preceding the actual uh, hearing, right? And they've got everything right. in his corner. Don Cheadle gets it all set up, gets the like his toxicology report thrown out, like gets it set so that all Denzel has to do is show up and basically lie about having drunk and lie about having been a high and just you know, basically say no comment and he can just walk out of there uh, consequence free for the most part, right? Like they're not going to pin it on him. There'll be no official record that he's a functioning alcoholic flying airplanes and he'll be scot-free, right? So he's got everything set up for him. All he has to do is not drink. And so they bring him to the hotel the night before the hearing and put him in a room with a guard watching over him. And again, yeah. they, they have the storm clouds brewing uh, imagery. Like, like Zemeckis just can't help he it. Loves right? like it. He loves He can't help it. He just has to be like right on the nose. Like there's no, no respect for the audience's ability to like just fucking be, just, just be on board, right? Like, ah, it's, yeah. it's so annoying, but whatever. Um because then there's another improbable thing, right? Like he's just sitting there, and again, I can I can so relate with this too because I remember trying not to drink and trying to be good, right? Trying like I looked at mm-hmm. it as being a good. I'm going to be good and like cobbling together a handful of days where you're just white knuckling it and not drinking, and that's what he's doing, right? Like they show him like sitting around alone in his room, having a steak dinner by himself, like folding his clothes, yeah. just kind of looking around, very very bored. And then improbably, the door to the hotel room next door, like the adjacent room where they have those adjoining doors that are always locked on your the inside. It, right. It, the sweet. Yeah. It, you can. Yeah. And, and there's and a knocking. Is it there's God? There's a knocking son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it what, God at the door? Hey, exactly, I noticed I you weren't like, paying attention to my thunderclouds, so I thought it'd be oh more proactive my God, here. Uh, exactly. It's going to directly get you in attention. Jesus Christ. That, exactly. I was that like, was a cool oh. scene, though. I have to say, like, despite how heavy-handed the symbolism is, that no, scene was the, really cool because there's this weird, like, knocking noise, and he's like, hello? And he walks over, yeah. and, and he's like, go close to the door, he's like, hello? And then he opens his door, and he oh, realizes Jesus. the door to the other suite is deadbolted, but it's not deadbolted shut. It's deadbolted right. when it was still open. So it's actually just right. the wind is making it tap against yeah, yeah, that's, uh, the frame. That's what, that's what the knocking sound is, right? And and again, yeah. the wind is because there's a storm outside. And so two improbable things. The window to a fancy hotel is right. open it's enough open. that it's causing wind flow, right? Have you tried to open a window in a fancy hotel lately? They don't open. They crack yeah. maybe like an <laughs> inch. <laughs> but it's open yeah, enough they, to they cause that enough. door to swing back and forth enough to knock and draw his attention. So whatever, set that shit aside. When he opens the mini fridge door, right? Because the the room that they put him in, they they made the effort of getting rid of anything alcoholic in the mini fridge, which is you know obviously what you're gonna do with a guy like him. Yeah. But that neighbor's mini fridge, dude. Oh, I'm telling packed. you, the way he, well, the way that is just presented, 
that looks so beautiful, right? Like it, oh, it's God. like a yeah, work right? of art. All the liquor in there and, and the way it's lit and with the lighting coming out, like it's ridiculous. Oh yeah, it looks like like, like candy. Like it it yeah. was uh it, not just a few <laughs> liquor bottles, but like every shelf with like amber colored yeah. beautiful. Yeah, you know, it's just the, like if you were trying to design it as the most enticing thing yeah. and the room is is dimly lit and but and so this sort of like glows this uh this color out at him and yeah. he just like See, his jaw just drops <laughs> <laughs> and they show him like the whole like the thirst where he pulls out one little mini vodka and he slowly you can hear the like little metal cap pop open and he smells it and then he twists the lid back on and he sets it on top of the fridge. This is where like Zemeckis, like I can understand scenes like that where you're like all of that is because that guy is very craftful at, at light yeah. design and making that. Like if you think of Back to the Future, like just how stark and beautiful and fun every image in that movie is, that's the yeah. kind of care he brings to that shot in that scene. Like, And even there when he puts the liquor bottle on top, the little mini liquor bottle and walks away and the camera just sits on it. And it's just quiet. It's such a good, well, so well shot. Because there's a swelling music, this triumphant music as he's like, no, I'm over this. And for a second, you're like, no fucking way is he have that much of a problem. And yes, this is the the turning point of his life. But he's not, he's like, I have the strength to say no. But then you're right. Then it hovers. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. Why are we still on the liquor bottle? And then there's a... And then he just... as he comes back he just back. grabs it yeah he just grabs his, it and it's so his hand comes perfect. after the scene yeah just like bam Boom. there's like a i think there's literally a bam type noise as he grabs yeah. it and okay and like, i wanted to i wondered about this part watching this is also part of why i picked or wanted to do this movie with you as part of this podcast okay so so what he winds up just getting fucked up right oh like, god the, he drinks the next everything morning. in that fridge and <laughs> It seems like more, but it couldn't possibly be. But there was a lot well, no. in that fridge. No, there's a lot. But then, like, he just tears the room, right? Like, the room is oh, yeah. he destroyed. destroyed. It. Yeah. And, like, the mini fridge in the other room is on its side, torn over like the like he was a wolf. Right. Like, <laughs> it's, like, ridiculous. But, okay, how did you feel about that? Like, as, as someone who's, you know, someone who probably wouldn't behave that way, <laughs> and considering considering the gravity of the situation he's in, right? Because they, they show that it's like two in the morning when that happens, when that starts. Yeah. And the the thing, the, the hearing is, at, I think they said it's at 10 in the morning and they're going to show up at nine to get him for some breakfast beforehand. So he knows grabbing that thing. He's got seven hours max. Yeah. So you, Kaz, as someone who's not like, <laughs> you know, it, it, how did you feel about that? that sequence what did you think about that like how how, how realistic know, did that seem how like uh congruous to reality did that seem to you that he would because like you just said like all of his life was on the line right there and he just grabs that thing and then just destroys his life literally in the way like dis, dis, dis described by the hotel room right yeah you know it's interesting like logically it doesn't make sense but honestly i felt like it makes sense for his arc like it's like you were saying he is barely keeping it together for those few days and you know it's not because he's accepted any realities about himself really or anything it's just he knows he's got to get through this shit and so i'm imagine you know he starts drinking 
once he's had that first one, it there's just there's no one yeah, in sight, and he's been withholding for days, and so it's I can it makes sense that he would kind of lose it because his okay. best thing he can do, and he's shown a lot in the movie, is that he can pretend it's not as bad as it is, especially when he's drunk, or ignore what the potential consequences are of what he's doing, and so. It it honestly did make sense to me for for him to just be to like lose his fucking mind. <laughs> okay, good because that's a hundred percent how I felt, and I just I wondered if that wasn't just uh, a bias from a, you know a severe alcoholic perspective. I, it, it's also <laughs> almost like it's almost it's very very. Uh, 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 like almost direct out of the book, out of the book, the big book of AA, where they talk about how alcoholics will will always find the worst time to relapse. Basically, I mean that's not yeah. exactly how it's written, but but that is the scenario that's repeated over that that kind of scenario is what's repeated over and over in in the in the big book. So that's where I'm like, yeah, this is like they've figured out a way to make the stakes so high and then show the guy completely fuck up at the last minute. Right. And like right. put himself, they show up to bring him down and he's laying face down in the bathroom, having hit his head, presumably on the toilet or something. Right. And he's got blood coming down his face and he is just fucked up. It's, it's laughable how fucked up he is. And they bring in, yeah. they, they call John Candy back, or John Candy, uh, John Goodman. <laughs> John Goodman yeah, back. Like John Goodman's and, and back, and he's... Don't they play the fucking just, Stones again? It's like his It's like his Yeah, yeah that's music. the other Stones, one of the other Stones ones. It's like, here he is, the Rolling Oh, my Stone. God. It's just like... And they, so they yeah. let Denzel, so like they, they realize, or Denzel convinces them that the only thing that can make him functional for the hearing is some coke. And they bring in John right. Goodman, who gets him all fucking coked up. <laughs> and it's awesome because they're leaning right back into the same thing. They're just like, well, we'll just fucking cater to his worst parts of him and get him in front of the thing. And I love that line as they're just about to walk into the, to the hearing and the union rep says, hey, you know, don't don't admit to this. Don't admit to that. Don't say if they ask anything about you drinking for the next three days leading up to the flight, you know, don't say anything. And Denzel goes, hey, don't tell me how to lie about my drinking. Yeah, I've been lying about my drinking my entire life. Like to me, that's the moment where I I felt like the character arc of wit. That's where it finally sinks into him, like right before he's about to go sit down. Oh, shit. Like it's like he had a stress induced moment of clarity there that he wasn't expecting. And when he says that to the guy, he, you know, to me, that is where he realizes, oh, shit, I really am fucked up. Like all of this is true. Right. Like, yeah. Well, there's that interesting. Are you talking about this in the elevator? Is that what you said? Well, no. Later on in the hearing, because in the elevator, that weird moment with that kid. Oh right, with the kid looking at him. Well, and he's got a bloody nose, right? So the little kid. Well, sees he's all walking he's... out like he did at the beginning of the movie. Where he's high on, he's got, he's high on cocaine, right? And he's like, right. yeah, I'm now, now I'm, now I'm me again. And he's right. kind of cocky. And then John Cheadle's like, hey man, your freaking nose is bleeding, and he gives yeah. him a, 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 a tissue yeah, or whatever to tissue, look. Yeah. And he sees himself in his reflection, and then he takes off his sunglasses, which he also had at the beginning when he was doing this. And you realize yeah. how tired his eyes look and how haggard he yeah. actually looks under the sunglasses yeah. 
and this kid's yeah. just kind of like staring at him, and he starts to feel like ashamed. Yeah, and then that, yeah, just exactly. a little bit though. I mean, no, so and then yeah, that's no, a that's lead true. Into the hearing with well, the yeah, and then of, don't tell me how to lie about my drinking. Right, right, yeah, like because that I think that what you just described was right before the the part that I said. Right, so you're right, like back to back, like they're showing in that little window of time walking down from the hotel room because he's in the hotel where the hearing is. So coming down the elevator with the little kid standing in the, in the front room before they go into the hearing, like that's him. Like all of a sudden all this shit's just hitting him. And then he goes into the hearing and they, they go through the hearing and he's just doing all the stuff, like saying the stuff, like they prepared it. And I, 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 that whole reason this movie works to me is this scene because yeah, he goes through the whole thing. He's got it nailed. The 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 investigator, you know, is putting him to the putting the screws to him. But she knows, like legally, she can only push so far. And so she pulls the one card of basically giving him the opportunity to pin. Because okay, because they they the only thing they've been able to find, or they were able to find the the empty bottles of vodka in the trash of the fuselage, right? And they know that there was no drink service. So somebody, and they know it was him. Like they know for sure he's the one who drank it, but they've got the, legally they've gotten the the report stricken from the record. And so the woman knows, the investigator knows, the, the investigator knows it's him. So she puts it to him to place so he, she basically, you know, because the woman that he was sleeping with, the, the 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 flight attendant that he was sleeping with, she winds up dying. Right? Did we say that before? I don't remember if we said that. She she dies on that flight, trying to save right. or uh, successfully saving the life of another of a kid. She gets out yeah. of her seat and then she doesn't make it back to her seat before the crash and winds up dying. And mm-hmm. so, like you said, the the investigator brings up, "Hey, did you know that that woman had been in treatment before?" And that, you know, the airline paid for it, right? And so you can see Denzel like, oh, shit. Like, he didn't know that. Like, Yeah. <laughs> so, And like you said, like, he, he realizes, or it seems like he realizes, you know, he's he's taken advantage of her. He's not been a healthy influence for her. Like, whatever it is he thought was going on between the two of them was probably not the same for her because, you know, he's just a fucked up drunk and she was probably just trying to, like, party. I, who knows what the fuck, right? Right, and yeah. the investig the investigator gives him the opportunity to then say, "Well, yeah, those two empty little mini bottles of vodka that you found on the plane—they weren't mine. They must have been hers. She was uh, clearly an alcoholic. She went to a treatment center, and they had they found blood in her blood system, or I'm sorry, alcohol in her bloodstream. <laughs> Lo and behold, <laughs> they found blood in there." Yeah, her so, alcohol limit—they could release hers, and she wasn't as uh, as high as he was. Uh, that but we she know, had but alcohol. She was still drunk. Yeah. So, so the investigator gives him the option, the opportunity to say. She says, "Do you? How does she put it? She says, is it your opinion that that woman drank those two bottles of, of vodka?' And and right there, you can see like the whole movie. Like they've they've beat us yeah. over the head with how hard headed he is the entire movie." And looking, and, and the, the investigators put the face of the woman up on the screen, and he has to look at that woman, look at the dead woman's face who he had slept with, you know, mere hours before she died. And presumably he cared for her too, right? Like it wasn't, yeah. I mean, whatever. Even if they're just fucking, 
it's still there's something there and uh yeah i don't it didn't seem like a long or deep relate well no i don't know if it wasn't deep but yeah exactly it, they were they had some affection for sure yeah regardless you're sleeping with somebody you're gonna have some affection with her i mean it doesn't right. matter how yeah much you, yeah you're <laughs> not a monster <laughs> yeah. and uh and so he in that moment realizes he can't do it anymore and he just admits that the alcohol was his and like, it, God damn, dude, that scene when he's like, I, I, I was drunk that night. I was drunk the three nights before and I'm drunk right now. That, yeah, yeah, like yeah. when he admits that, God damn, that gives me chills. It's just, it's just yeah. the whole, it's the whole like recovery process in a nutshell right there, right? Like he has, damn the consequences, damn any more lying like it doesn't matter he can't fucking do it anymore and and they've built it up like he's potentially going to go to prison for the rest of his life and he can't not he can't not tell the truth anymore right like he has to admit and that's so fucking cool because then like even right there where like they zoom in on his face and they do like a cross you know they, they pan across his face and when they zoom back out He's telling the whole story to a room full of guys in a meeting in prison. And he's right. basically like, he's basically become this guy who's like, whatever, 13 months sober or something. And he's describing all the stuff that we just watched in the movie. <laughs> and my favorite part of that is like, there's, you know, everyone's kind of like wrathly listening. But if you look, there's like one guy like in the third row back who like rolls his eyes and sinks down like this fucking guy. He's a fucking asshole. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm watching it right now. Yeah. That guy's like, whatever, man. I, I've heard this <laughs> exactly. guy before. <laughs> but Pre- getting I, preached at by a guy who's going to be here for just a few years. <laughs> yeah. But it's so I I don't know, dude. And OK, so how did you feel about that? Because. I, I want to hear you. How did you feel about all of that stuff happening right there? Like, what was your takeaway? Uh, I, I agree with that. Emotional scene. Uh, that scene was just over really powerful because it's the first time he's confronted. Like she, she that um, head of the investigation really knew what she, she knew what she was doing. And she, put, like you said, she put that big picture of her employee badge with her smiling photo and making him right. say, making him say a lie, knowing that he either has to lie or he has to admit, um, yeah. Which is a real gamble. There's if you no think about one else it. Like, that could have done it. It's a real yeah. gamble on her side because you know the history would show that Denzel is just going to be a piece of shit. So that's kind of a exactly, risky yeah, yeah. Well, that ten- <laughs> that's why the tension's there because he's not, he's, ne- he's never really owned up to anything really before. He's just kind of avoided it, and so yeah, it, yeah. it, it it's really strong. Well, I, God, you kind of wonder if like Zemeckis, uh, he probably had that scene, <laughs> one of the earlier scenes in his head of how he would break that out yeah. because it's really oh, strong God. and it's very much like in his the way he would film that but um, oh yeah yeah that's yeah, it's like it's that so that good. in the action sequence of the fl- the plane are like the the key reasons to have Zemeckis in there but anyway yeah. sorry go, go on yeah no I I really like that scene I mean it the, the other thing the movie it, it's not not this movie where it's not going to wrap itself up in a nice way, but the the rest of it is him talking to the prison. He's in prison for far or five years, or five or six years or something like that. And he's like, and that's yeah. fair. You know, I betrayed the public trust. Um, and so he's almost like completely flipped around. It's like, it's a little, it's good, but it's, it's all like a little, everything fell into place. And Denzel Washington just does everything perfectly. So of course, of course he's able to, well, obviously he's going to get sober in prison, whether he likes it or not, but he's also, yeah. uh, 
he still maintains the relationship with Nicole. She comes. We see these photos of him coming to visit him in prison. His family is reconciled with. His son comes to meet it at the end and literally is writing an essay about the most fascinating people. And it's a little too much. Once again, at least for me, well, the nose. Well, wait, but, wait, wait, wait. Now, now, the last thing he asks is the most fascinating person that he's never met. Oh, that's right, right. The, that's the essay, which when he says that, and then I, I felt like that was a, a really strong way to end it because... Because then he just yeah. looks at him and he's like, that's a really good question. Like He's like, who are you? And he's like, that's a really good question. And then it ends. Like, I See, I feel like Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair. I just felt the lead up to that was too much. I mean, and, and it is. At the end of the movie, so they're not going to spend a lot of time on this. But and he's a changed person where he's finally, finally faced himself and admitted something about his addiction. Or yeah. admitted his addiction. And so I get that, but it's I, I can't really logically ask for more than what it was. But um, well, as you're describing that, and I and I do see like again, like I, I I follow what you mean. Like it seems so neatly wrapped up. If you think about it, and this occurred to me, I think I don't know if it occurred to me the first time I watched it, but definitely the other night. The really interesting thing, the really precarious thing, would be following that character when he gets out of prison right like exactly cause yeah because right. he's right Cause now being, he's forced to i mean you can get yeah. alcohol and drugs in prison for sure but no but um, there's a but lot like, of people who get clean in prison or get clean in a center yeah and then it's it's the you know no longer being completely restricted from it and and honestly the way that denzel does that speech at the end it does cover it and you know i'm willing to take the 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 film's narrative to heart that he's like he's just like doesn't matter i was just done i knew in that moment i was done like all that shit i was done right like i feel you know getting to the the heart of this podcast like i feel like that ending that that little speech he gives and and the way the sincerity with which he delivers it uh embodies the first step of the program better than any movie we've seen so far and probably than any of the movies on the list i'm going to guess like the way denzel i mean going back to i think the 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 drunks inner the drunks conversation we had that i think didn't wind up like i think we banged on it more the first time we talked about it and didn't you know didn't save that recording but i denzel is such a good actor that it just really just fucking hits it he's so so spot on um he really captures that just emotionally spent, like spiritually spent, like he's just done. So I, I, I myself as a viewer, am willing to believe that he walks out of there, gets out of prison and moves on and he improves his life. And like, this is it. Like all of the shit that happened there truly was the end of the road for him. And he's no longer going to be like that. Like, I mean, the, in terms of a recovery film, that is what I believe the message is trying to get across is like, you have to put and I mean, obviously that's the message they're trying to put across is you have to put your faith in the movie. And the, the movie's saying, put your faith in God that, you know, no mistakes are going to happen in God's world. And you just got to have faith that it's going to work out. Right. Like, Everything right. about this movie is that, right? The shit that he does to flip the plane over and land it is just having faith that this fucked up maneuver he's about to do is going to work out. Like going yeah. to meet Nicole and like beating up the the uh, 
landlord who's beating on her like and taking her in like that's gonna work out and, and yeah all and and just coming clean at the last minute there like doesn't have to do it but he knows for his own personal for his own soul let's say he has to do it otherwise he's never going to be free so i i felt yeah. like for well he's forced he, and it's interesting because you kind of wonder what the choices he's 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 like we said at the beginning. He's had a lot of low points in life, but he's never really had to come down to you have two. You can answer this question one way. One is you straight up lie and you throw someone that you care about and you make them bad. You make everyone think that they're horrible, or you admit something. And I don't think it doesn't seem like he's ever had to have that choice. And so when he's faced with it, it's powerful. Yeah. Yeah, and and for <laughs> for the purposes of a movie, it's great that they put the stakes so high. I feel like in real yeah. life, you could find those, you could find yourself at that turning point <laughs> with far less severe circumstances. And, and, right, and, but it is and, interesting because they always show him being very cavalier with his drinking. Like he hides how yeah. much he's drinking, but he doesn't hide yeah. that he's drinking really. Like yeah. he's just yeah, kind yeah, of that hot shot guy who's good at good at what he does, and he can get away with this stuff. But it's yeah. gone so much past that uh, in in abusing alcohol and drugs that he's still hiding it to agree, but he's not really hiding it that he's doing it. So he, see, he almost could see that he's never really had to confront it in that drastic, obviously not in that stage for sure. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, but yeah, no, I, I do agree. It does. I mean, for what it is, for the type of movie it is, I think it does work really well. And it is satisfying to see him come out of this and... You know, he doesn't get away scot-free. It isn't like the lawyers got him off and he's able to be like, well, now I got to look at, I got to work on me. No, he does have to go to prison for no, five I, I years or whatever. And, it is, uh, it is, it's kind of brilliant <laughs> yeah. how the movie puts him in that spot, right? Like they, they make it clear it is. It to really us is. as the audience that his consequences are tell the truth and get away with this shit and continue on with your life as a fucking deadbeat and a, and a fucking, ugh. Or or did I say tell the truth? Tell a lie and get away with all that, or just tell yeah. the truth and face the consequences potentially going to prison for the rest of your life. Like that is yeah. a really powerful message. And and uh you know, again, if it weren't for Denzel doing it, it wouldn't have worked. <laughs> it's just like this whole fucking movie works because of Denzel, and I'm sure that's part of why they're like, sure, we'll add more God and religion stuff in here, Denzel. <laughs> just just please do our movie. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> it's a it's a it's a very strange role for Denzel. If you look at like his career, like I don't. Yeah, it's a yeah. very it's it seems uh, against his character type. I don't know. I yeah. I well, like I it. think it was, isn't it right around the time where he's doing a lot of? I guess he's done those movies a bunch, but like character studies of like um like uh, kind of like the preacher's wife uh, type movies where he's done. Um, like character studies of like a guy, and it's not necessarily a tough guy. Oh, like uh, the like the John Q, like the kid. yeah yeah uh, kind of like that true. yeah. Where um, I guess that's let's true. See, I'm looking at where Flight falls in this. Well, this is 2020. I think because because well because Training Day was 2004, I believe, and like Book of Eli is 2010 or 2014. No, I think it was 2010. Yeah, like I. So he's already transitioned into the. Well, and the Equalizer was a couple years after this, right? Yeah, the no, Equalizer. he's actually he did a lot of action stuff right around this and right before this. And the, yeah. mo- the one, the most recent one before that that wasn't like an action was like uh, the Great Debaters, 
and uh, that was the one. Yeah, was the one he directed. So then, uh, that was 2007. So that was wow, quite a few. And this is 2012, so quite a few years difference. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Every once in a while, you get, it's almost like he gets an itch <laughs> to do one of these movies with more of a character. I study. almost think I almost think this is like an Oscar grab for him because he is really good. Oh, that could it. be. And and I mean, yeah, he was I, really I don't, good. I don't, yeah. That that sounds pejorative. I mean, everything he does, he's fucking good. And he just it just seems. But it, but uh, like you said, he really did make the movie, and it definitely yeah. it does. Like there's moments in when you see Denzel Washington on screen and you see scenes, and it's almost like the other actors are following his lead. You know what oh, I mean? Like a hundred percent. No, no, no. Takes that's the scene, especially in this that's, one. Yeah, that's why he's so great. I mean, that's part of why he's so great is yeah. he elevates everyone in the scene with him. He's fucking, he's phenomenal. Yeah, I he's mean, really good at leading the scene and also playing back to whatever they respond with. Yeah, it's re- it's really quite amazing to watch him. He is he is an amazing yeah. actor. Yeah, he, um, it, it 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 really does like it, again back to drunks from from last time like. <laughs> He, I, I made that statement that like watching Richard Lewis try and wa- fumble through all the shit of falling apart yeah. and, and losing his, like Denzel does that so much more artfully and craftily, which is, uh, you know, it's not really a dig at Richard Lewis. He's not Denzel Washington. No one is. Denzel Washington is the greatest <laughs> actor of all time. So what are you going to do? But if there had to be a white Denzel, it would definitely be Richard <laughs> Lewis, right? No, God damn it. No, it'd be Tom <laughs> Hanks, dude. Come on. Of course, Tom of Hanks. Course. Tom Hanks is the white Richard or uh, Denzel <laughs> Denzel Washington. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so I, in terms of the recovery film, I I give this two big bottles up, baby. <laughs> I feel like it really. I, I guess the only thing it doesn't really go through, like I said, is is the the recovery part, right? Like it shows him bottoming out. It shows him turning a corner and and finding. I mean, this, like I, just, like I said a minute ago, it's the the purest representation of the first step, like admitting you're powerless and your life is unmanageable, right? Like he yeah. is done, uh, and, and so just on that, the 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 strength of that last scene alone to me puts this movie like right up there. I, I, I highly recommend it from a recovery standpoint. I recommend it from a film standpoint. I mean, it's not. A super great movie, but I, I love it. Like, or I like it's it. It's good. I like though, it a for lot. Sure. Yeah. And and with the final scene, I love it. Right. Like, uh, yeah. That last scene really, really just it hits me hard. Like I cried like a fucking baby again when I watched it for the third time. <laughs> so yeah. Um. Yeah. What about you? What what would what, what would you say? I'd agree. I I totally agree with that. It's it's a good movie. It's a good movie. I enjoyed it, watching it again. I enjoyed. I, it's one of those movies where you watch and you're like just thinking about how it could be compelling you're like oh, i don't know i'll go see this i guess but uh yeah. but yeah no it's it's quite good he's good in it the it's it is it is well directed um and uh yeah it keeps it going i mean there's that one of the reminders of the fact like the whole knowing that he might go to prison forever is ticking over him the whole time there's a good sense of tension about his actions and you're like dude get your shit together like what are you doing like yeah and uh so there's this sense of of impending doom. It's not as as heavy as like um, uh, what's that Spike Lee movie? Twenty One Days with Edward Norton, where oh yeah yeah, twenty fifth story hour. of him before he goes to prison, and he yeah you know, yeah he's going. There's no decision whether or not he's going, but yeah, um, but still it's there, and uh, yeah no I liked it a lot. I thought um, 
I thought it was interesting how it did deal with his addictions and uh, address it. it. It did wrap up, you know, like a, a Hollywood movie can very nicely sure. with a bow on everything. But like Although, you said before, it does feel earned here. And it feels like we followed him to this point long enough. It's like, yeah, I'm happy that he got there. And I feels it feels plausible that he would be there as this character. Yeah. And, and he would get and, through this. And, and I, I completely, mm-hmm. I, that's how I feel as well. And, and just occurred to me that unexpected considering how heavy handed and ham fisted I'd say a lot of the references to God and God's world and no mistakes and blah, blah, blah. I don't think there's any at least obvious or concerted uh, establishment of faith in Whip's character by the end, right? Like they show that he's sober, that he's become a solid messaging guy but I don't like they don't he doesn't lean into like in, in there. But, you know, and that's when I found my God kind of thing. Like he just talks about the message yeah. of recovery of like he hit his bottom and he knew that to save him. His, I guess he calls it his own soul at that point. So I guess that's a compromise because that's a very religious sounding thing. But it's also could be <laughs> uh, a secular considering that we do just use the soul to to kind of stand in the place for our unknown connection to the universe. So. I I, yeah. I I I just just occurred to me that they don't hit you over the head with that when I would think they would. So that's good, I guess. I don't I don't know what to make of that, but it's just uh, <laughs> well, anyway. Back where we started, Dylan ranting we, about souls <laughs> and their existence. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree with that. That's totally yeah, they agree. should just call this movie the Soul Movie. Gosh, <laughs> the movie about souls. <laughs> Okay, well, awesome. I um, I, I almost wish we would have uh, like ended the the series of movie reviews on this movie because I have a feeling this is probably the best all around film that we're going to wind up watching in this this little series, isn't it? Because uh, well, I, I mean, it was a good. I mean, yeah, I think it's a good one for a middle ground though because it's like well made, but maybe doesn't exactly capture or get into. Al- the alcoholism, alcoholism oh, in a realistic, right. you know, or grittier way. <laughs> but, oh no, you're right. Well, you're not, right. No, not I just mean. I, I say mean that. I but. mean, yeah, it doesn't cover the full arc as as much as as some of these others, I guess. But in terms of like overall film, this is probably the best film we're gonna watch. Yes, my guess. Yeah, because yeah. I think That's I good think the next palate cleanser. Yeah, yeah, good palate cleanser. As I think, <laughs> I think the next one we're gonna do is the next one, clean and sober. I think so. Yeah. Okay. I think that's have what you wa- about. Have, have you seen Clean and Sober before the the Michael Keaton? Movie? I never have. Um, okay. So I'm excited to check it out because I love Michael Keaton. Yeah, and it's from like I think it's from like the mid '80s. I think it, it may be before Batman. I think it 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 may be. I th- yeah, I think it's before Batman. I I could be wrong on that, but it's definitely back then when he was really establishing himself as a powerhouse. So. Uh, I've seen it once. I I have fond memories of it, but I don't have clear memories of it. So this will be interesting. It'll be like a brand new viewing for both of us. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. Okay. All right, Kaz. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for talking about this movie with me. I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. That was a lot of fun. I can't wait for the next one. Yeah. Right,